a new year. And the media always like to trot out the best of award shows and retrospective looks back. Okay, we're players. We'll play too. For the next hour, from the press box to press row, we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of our short time on the air. And because he's sitting behind the good mic in a custom-fit blazer, here's your host, Donald Ware. It's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to take a look back at all of 2018 on the program. Thank you for listening to us each week on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142. And those who listen to us in Washington on HD Radio on WHUR 90.3 HD2. What a season it's been, as a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that happened this year, the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. As a Washingtonian, it has been a long time since a professional team had won championship. As a matter of fact, it was uh, the 91 or 92 Redskins, may have been the 91 Redskins in the 92 Super Bowl that won the Super Bowl. Been a long time, but I tell you what, the Washington Capitals able to win the Stanley Cup to Washington, as a matter of fact, on our website at BoxToRow.com. You can find it on our website at BoxToRow.com. I just talked about what that championship meant to the city. Now, we're going to start in the month of January here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Good month. And take a look back at some of our great in- from the from this entire year. But in the month of January... The Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. The Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. She was the champion at the time. Of course, she lost her title to Ronda Rousey in August. But at the time, Alexa Bliss, the Raw Women's Champion, joined us and talked about it here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I guess you came in, what, about uh, four years ago or so. I mean, you've had a meteoric rise. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, five years in May. Um, but yeah, I, uh, when I was drafted to SmackDown Live um, from the Superstar Draft, you know, I was definitely shocked because there was a lot of things in NXT that I hadn't accomplished yet. You know, I never held the title. I never had a takeover match. I was never put in the position uh, to really show what I can do. I was just managing like Murphy the whole time. So um, when I was drafted, I knew that, you know, if I was going to be under the radar, I had to come in and kick down the door and, you know, take every opportunity for what it is because, especially with WWE, if you don't make the most of opportunity, a lot of the times those opportunities don't come back. Now, you're the Raw Women's Champion, correct? Correct. Okay, so again, I talked about the rise, and you've been the Women's Champion for most of this year. So what is it, you know, what does that mean to you to be one of the faces of WWE? Oh, it's amazing. You know, it's... It's something that every woman strives towards to be a champion. And the fact that I've been able to, you know, become SmackDown's champion and Raw Women's champion twice is just an amazing feeling. And it's, it's definitely an honor. My son and I, as a matter of fact, watching Run- Monday Night Raw the other day. And uh, the whole dynamic, sort of the dynamics of, of, of the whole deal with wrestling has changed a little bit. As a matter of fact, uh, with respect to the women, it is uh, they are on the rise and uh, very popular, as a matter of fact. Uh, so WWE continuing to get it done. Again, Alexa Bliss at the time was the Raw Women's Champion. Joined us on From the Press Box to Press Row back in January. Also joining us on From the Press Box to Press Row back in January. I tell you what, Maria Taylor has been all over the place. Of course, she handles sideline duties for college football games on ABC on Saturday night and for ESPN. And I had a chance to talk with her about what that meant to her. Oh, it meant everything. I mean, College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I mean, to look at it and think that they are literally the benchmark in sports studio and sports television because of the way that they entertain, but the way that they give great information, the way that they inform um, and for three hours, everyone, it's appointment viewing TV. I mean, everyone wants to check in and see, get up with game day. They want to find out what games are the most 
important what matchups they need to watch inside of the game, who is going to win and why, or who might lose and why, and then what are those great stories that, you know, a Tom Rinaldi or Gene Wojciechowski are going to tell you during the course of the show that, to help you get to know these players and these storylines and coaches. So I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned 30, and it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt to have done for an entire season. It's, there's nothing like it, honestly. Maria Taylor on from the press box to press row back in January. Rounding out the month of January on the program as we take a listen back. Funny man comedian Tony Rock joined us on from the press box to press row and talked about his favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. At the very least in the AFC Championship, at the most winning the Super Bowl, it was the worst onside kick I ever saw in my life. It's like the guy never practiced the onside kick. The fourth and one uh, call to try a sweep, uh, a pitch out on fourth and one rather than a quarterback sneak was unbelievable. But that's why you watch football because anything can happen on any given Sunday. You never know. It's all it's, it's the it's the most you know live TV show there is in sports. It's never scripted, so you never know what's going to happen. And uh, rest in peace to my Steelers for this year. But we'll, we shall return. Yeah, no question. Any any you know Todd Haley or any any coaching changes you think need to be made there. Yeah, I think offensive coordinator. I think we got to get a new offensive coordinator. We got to shore up that defense too. Defense has been our problem for the last several years. The offense does what it does. We got one of the, we got probably the best wide receiver in the league, probably the best running back. We got a top five, if not top, you know, three quarterback. We just need that defense shored up. Yeah, last two thoughts on that. Does James Harrison having a James Harrison particularly on Sunday help that defense? Man, James Harrison would have fit in nicely ever since uh, Ryan Shazier got hurt, unfortunately. James Harrison would have fit in nicely, but he went on to the, to chase the ring in in, uh, in New England, so good luck to him. Once you leave the Steelers, I, I can't do anything for you anymore. It's, uh, you know, it's like this is the mafia, blood in, blood out. <laughs> longer part of the family anymore he's he's a rat <laughs> yeah i feel you there lastly on that Le- Le'Veon bell man what do you what are your thoughts i mean he i mean especially just a few days before the playoff game essentially saying that you know if if the steelers franchised him next year uh he either may not uh, accept the franchise or, or may retire your thoughts on that and then and then uh certainly moving forward perhaps uh without a Le'Veon bell uh, moving forward without Le'Veon is not even a possibility. Uh, they got to pay him. They got to pay him. Just give him. A, get, you got to give him a long-term contract. You keep franchising him, the money goes up. So it'll be 14 this year. It'll be 18 next year. Pay the man. He's not going to retire. We know that. He's, but he, um, him sitting out is a possibility. So I just think they should come to a long-term deal and get it done while he's young and healthy and in his prime and wanting to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Tony Rock and the Steelers not only imagined life without Le'Veon Bell, but in fact have experienced life without Le'Veon Bell as he has not played the entire season. Tony Rock, comedian, joining us from back in January. Let's take a look at the month of February. A couple of NASCAR drivers joined us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And Chase Elliott is becoming one of, if not the most popular driver on the NASCAR circuit. Of course, his dad, Bill Elliott, was a really good driver back in the day, had a chance to ask him about his father and, of course, uh, that legacy in in the Elliott name in NASCAR. Yeah, good opportunity for sure. It's definitely one I wasn't going to turn away, so it was an easy one uh, for me to decide. And, you know, it's been a number that I've had a lot of history with, so I'm excited to have some more chances with it on down the road. Can you speak to kind of growing up around NASCAR and, and watching your father do his thing? Obviously, you caught the bug, a very good driver right now. He ended up winning the championship back in 1988, even though that was before your time. But just just talk about growing up around NASCAR. Yeah, my dad has been um, a huge influence, really, in, in my career in general. So it's been um been great to have him and, and his support over the years. He, he still comes to the races and enjoys being there. So I'm excited to to continue to have him come to come to tracks and, and be involved and offer his opinions. And um, he does a good job of doing that, but also kind of led me 
figure some things out on my own uh, some days. NASCAR driver Chase Elliott joining us back in February. Also in February, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Mervell Melendez, who is now the head baseball coach at Florida International, or FIU, getting ready to begin his third season. And I had a chance to ask him, of course, he graduated from Bethune-Cookman, was the head baseball coach at Bethune-Cookman and the head baseball coach at Alabama State. I talked with him about how important it was for him to schedule HBCUs to play against FIU as he scheduled both Grambling and Florida A&M to play at FIU. Well, once again, we have relationship. I have a relationship with um, with Coop uh, since you know the the first uh, year that we got into the league, into the SWAC when I started coaching at Alabama State, and uh, and also had a, a relationship with Jamie Shoup, and um, he they both do a very good job with, with their teams, and and we know that that for them and for us, it's important to play good people. It's important to play good teams that are uh, are going to test you early. And uh, I'm going to exploit some of your weaknesses. And, you know, uh, likewise, you get to see some of the good things that your team will do. But, but the relationship piece, uh, I think, is important to continue in college baseball. You develop those, uh, those friendships with those coaches, and, uh, and you want to continue those. And, and we're happy that we get to host them uh, here shortly. And, uh, and excited, and not only this year, but hopefully we can continue, you know, different coaches, different teams, uh, and uh, bring them here to South Florida, uh, especially early in the year. Mervell Melendez joining us back in February. We move on to the month of March, where Tennessee State introduced its new head men's basketball coach, Brian Penny Collins. And I had a chance to catch up with Coach Collins and asked him how, in fact, he got the nickname Penny. Uh, um, actually, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, me and my family moved to Nashville, Tennessee, when I was about 11 years old. And uh, the neighborhood I moved into, we always had kids in the neighborhood to play basketball. And I would uh, always wear my Penny Hardaway Orlando Magic jersey. I used to wear it all the time. And there was two Bryans in the neighborhood. And uh, just to keep the confusion down, uh, they started calling me Penny. So uh, more like Lil Penny, like at that time the Lil Penny commercials were coming out. So it was kind of like a joke, like you look like Lil Penny and you wear the Penny jersey all the time, so we're just going to call you Lil Penny. <laughs> so that was my nickname for forever. And then just kind of once I got older, it just kind of stuck and – and, uh, and they still call me Penny for today. Brian Penny Collins joined us back in March here on From the Press Box to Press Row, was introduced as the new head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State. It's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of our year-end review show. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's Beef Jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. It's our 2018 year end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you for listening to us on. It's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you for listening each week to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142. Just as a programming note, of course, we're going to be back with a brand new From the Press Box to Press Row to start off January, the first Saturday in January. We're going to have a brand new Box to Row for you, so be on the lookout 
for that. As we now go to the month of April, a busy month for us, and the Villanova Wildcats won the national championship, and we had a chance to catch up with one of the leaders of the Wildcats, Phil Booth, right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. He talked about coming off an injury in the 2016-2017 to help lead the Wildcats in 17-18 to the national championship. Yeah, it was a tough sitting out because, you know, you really want to be out there. You really want to be part of it. And uh, sitting out, missing that whole year, especially after a sophomore year winning championship, you need to get back out there. And uh, it's one of those things that just um, didn't didn't uh, uh, go my way. Um, then coming back this year was great. Uh, but then I broke my hand. But I was fortunate enough where I was able to come back throughout the same season and uh, finish out the last month and a half of the year. So it's just, uh, just lucky I was able to be out there this time. Yeah, and for this time around, what was your thought process like when you were injured this year where you were like, oh, no, here we go again? Uh, yeah, uh, the time was different sitting out. Just teammates told me out throughout that time, my family members. Uh, it, it was very tough uh, sitting out because, you know, you got a rhythm back from this night all year. You're playing the majority of the season, the midway through, just a little accident. Uh, happens and then um so sitting out but uh i got i got i went around from those four weeks being out and I came back with some regular season games left and then uh got my stride going into the big east tournament and into the NCAA tournament phil booth's father of course played his collegiate basketball at coppin state as phil booth grew up in baltimore and as a senior right now phil booth leads the wildcats in scoring Staying in the month of April and each and every year, as a matter of fact, since From the Press Box to Press Row came on the air back, of course, on August 20th, 2005 for the 2006 season, we had some of the top NFL players who expected to hear their name called in the National Football League draft in that first year. Antoine Bethea was one of those players. Antoine Bethea, six-round draft pick out of Howard. He's still playing in the National Football League and at a high level, uh, high level, I might add. This year, we had a chance to catch up with Danny Johnson, two-time box to row All-America, the cornerback or defensive back actually for the Southern Jaguars, and talk with him. Of course, he participated in the National Football League Combine, had a chance to have him also back in April here. On from the press box to press row. Fourth, I think you made the comment at the Senior Bowl. I play big. Yeah, definitely. I got tired of you know hearing the fact that you know everyone was saying you know I was smaller than you know I was five nine, but just to show them that you know height didn't matter at all. I still could play with anyone, and that was my main goal to just go in and show I can compete with the the guys that were bigger than me. How long? Who was the toughest receiver you had to go up against in the SWAC? Um, I say Chad Williams was drafted uh, last year to Arizona. I thought he was a great player, you know, a guy that, you know, deserved everything that he got, um, especially being drafted in the day, he would have deserved it. So I just felt like he was one of the best ones for the Danny Johnson went undrafted in this year's National Football League draft, but was signed as a free agent by the Washington Redskins and as a matter of fact has become the Redskins kick returner and has had a couple of good games in terms of kick returns as he's still uh, progressing in the National Football League. Also joining us in April, speaking of the draft, Brandon Parker, the former left tackle for North Carolina A&T, also came on from the press box to press row and we talked with him um, about something that happened to him off the field you proposed uh to your girlfriend who said yes so now she is your in fact fiance what, what led you it was was that just the right moment to do that is something that is that something you had planned out well i actually had did it before the game and it was something i had planned out you know it's been a we have been dating for forever and i knew that i wanted to be a kind of part of my journey for the rest of the time so it was just something i had to kind of talk about my coaches but you know they're fine with it I think all of us, man, that have, that are married or have been married at some point, um, you know, you, it's always you, you know, you know, you, you know your person, right? But you, it may be always that doubt in the back of that of your mind. Did, did, did the doubt creep in that she may uh, say no? Mm, not really. No, I just you know knew we had you know she was the one for me. I was the one for her, and I think it just you know we both knew it was time. So I had no doubt about it when I asked her. Brandon Parker proposing to his 
girlfriend, and that was right before the North Carolina Central game back in 2017, which the Aggies won. And, of course, the two got married over the summer. And Parker was selected in the third round by the Oakland Raiders, and he is now starting at the right tackle position for the Raiders. Staying in the month of April, it's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. In case you're just joining us, and actress Paula Patton joined us on the program. She had a big 2018. As a matter of fact, her film Traffic came out in April. And we don't get into a lot of the personal business of celebrities here on From the Press Box to Press Row generally. However, Paula shared some information with us. And you may remember this going all the way back to April right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I, I see you got this, you're like you got the whole blonde look going. You <laughs> you look great. Can you can you kind of talk what, what led you to kind of do that? Well, you know what? It was really the haircut. I just I had a weave in my hair and I, I needed to cut it out. <laughs> and I decided, well, let's just go even shorter. And um, and then, you know, if you just like, hey, you know, it's just hair. So let's put some color in it, because even if it burns, you know, it won't be much to burn. <laughs> no. so, so it was just a fun experiment, really. Absolutely. Just your life seems to be going well for you. Can you kind of speak to that? Yes, it is. You know, I, I guess it's no secret and I, um, that I'm in love and um, yes. and I'm just I'm really the truth is, is that I've been in the pursuit of happiness. You know, I believe that all of us. But I know I've, I've suffered too much and I cared too much about what everybody else was thinking. And, you know, you live in this place where you're worried about the past and worried about the future. and You're not enjoying this moment right now. And so I'm really I'm really living more in the now than I've ever. And and I just and I don't care what anybody else thinks, you know, because <laughs> I'm just living in my own truth and integrity. So I'm having fun. Absolutely. Last two thoughts. What's next for you? Do you have any upcoming projects? I, I do. I, 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 I have a few things, but, um, but you know what? I just, I'm like, kind of like, let's just talk about what's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and let's go, please go see this movie on 420 today. Absolutely. And celebrate, celebrate 420 watching, um, our movie Traffic. Absolutely. <laughs> if you get, celebrate before you go see the movie, it's going to be even better. Absolutely. <laughs> the film Traffic is in theaters now. One of the stars of the film on the line joining us, Paula Patton. She joins us here. I'm from the press box to press box. Can't let you get away. Are you a big sports fan? Before you, before you get away, are you a big sports fan? Are you into sports? I mean, I'm into playing sports, but I don't I don't really watch it very much to be honest. I'm like I'm that kind of person that, you know, watches the fourth quarter of a great basketball game or, you know, someone explains to me what's happening in football towards the end and I enjoy you know what I, I enjoy the great moments of glory in sports, truly. Like, you know, just when you watch somebody, you know, taking off down a field and running outrunning everybody and it, it's an exciting thing. Actress Paula Patton joining us in April. Lastly in April here on Box to Row, actor Laz Alonzo joined us on the program. And as a matter of fact, what he was doing is he was announcing the Washington Redskins fourth round selection. So he and I had a conversation about the Washington Redskins and the fact that they traded for Alex Smith. One, one last thought. I mean, I, and I and I, I preface that question to say this, not that we're going to. You know, but I, 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 I hear your point about Alex Smith. Can I give it to you from another vantage point? Like I was okay with them not re-signing Kirk Cousin, especially that he got the guaranteed deal. I'm okay with that because they weren't really obviously comfortable with him. But they also, in getting Alex Smith, they signed him. He's a little bit older. He's essentially the, to me, the same quarterback as Cousins, a little bit older. He doesn't have the weapons that he had in Kansas City and that he had in San Francisco. Furthermore, the Skins give up Kendall Fuller, a young, good defensive player. True, true. However, you know, here's the thing. He's a little older, but he's got experience. And I believe that he's a little cooler under pressure than Kirk Cousins was. Okay. You know, and that to me is, is, is the biggest thing is, you know, whenever we had a, a high-pressure game and you needed somebody to put the game on their shoulders, and basically will us into victory, I never felt that sense of true security that Kirk could do it. He did have some good games. He had some great games. You know, but but was he the guy that's going to, 
you know, put the team on his back the way an Aaron Rodgers does or a Brady. And listen, I mean, those guys are few and far between. I mean, it's an unfair, you know, comparison, even though he wanted their kind of money. But it's an unfair comparison, you know, because these guys are truly, truly elite quarterbacks. But we needed somebody that, A, is not going to throw a pick six when you really need him, you know, to, 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 to get us that next set of downs. And, B, you know, in a high-intensity situation, can we at least count on him, you know, possibly being able to score. And, and I think that that's where the, that, that's that, that's that X factor that re, regardless of how you look on paper, you know, the intangibles are something that you really can't quantify. And I think that's what Alex Smith brings. So ultimately, of course, Laz Alonzo and Laz Alonzo, by the way, a graduate of Howard university, he was at Howard at the same time as P Diddy to Raji P Henson Anthony Anderson, um, I mean, the list goes on and on for all the people uh, that are Howard grads uh, that were there at the same time. Um, Wendy Raquel Robinson comes to mind as well. But ultimately, it started out good for the Redskins. Um, I still thought that for the Skins, they should have started from scratch or fresh last year with one of those quarterbacks, one of the quarterbacks in that quarterback draft. They ultimately did not do that, and now Alex Smith is ultimately hurt. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to take a look at the month of May after this small pause what for up, the y'all? This is Girl Seven Streeter. Hello, I'm Josh Dane, and I'm here talking to Donald. Hey, this is Jody Watley. Hi, this is Gladys Knight, and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on Sirius XM 141, and he's so I was just in New York in the home. Look at my star. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me overcoming with it. They took my heart away. It's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. So far, we've taken a look at the months of January through April. Let's get into it for the month of May. And you hear the song, Hardaway. Well, back in May, the actual Penny Hardaway joined us here on From the Press Box to Press Row and talked about his time in the NBA and also becoming the new head men's basketball coach at Memphis. Coaching at the high school level for quite some time there in Memphis, and we'll talk more about that. But what comes to your mind when you hear Coach Hardaway of Memphis? Uh, <laughs> it seems unreal. Um, I've been coaching for like the last eight years, but never been called the head coach of the University of Memphis. And uh, that's an amazing feeling when I hear that. Yeah, and you know what I should have said since we, we, we have – the the Hardaway song playing Derez Deshaun. I, I know you're still hip. Do you like? Are you are you a fan of that song? Yeah, I am a fan of that song. It's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when, when you first yeah when you first heard it, what did you think? I thought it was amazing. You know, I've um I've been a part of some songs, a couple of lines, but not the entire song. Be uh have my name in it and and, uh, and be named after me. So that, I thought that's pretty cool. Do you do you how do you remember finally those days uh, in the NBA? But even off the court with the the little penny commercials and all of that, that was a lot of fun. But not a, a lot of really good times. Oh yeah, you know Nike has done an unbelievable job uh, with my career from my sneakers to the little penny commercials. Everything that they've done for me, Nike's they they I, I couldn't ask I couldn't have scripted it any better with the NBA career. Not only making it to the NBA, but having Nike right there to do the little penny ads and, and, and promote me the way that they did. And then lastly, your time in the NBA um, again, and then more notably, I, I like to say most notably, but more notably with the, the, the Magic, you and Shaq, and you guys were able to make that run uh, for, for a while. What most comes to your mind when you think about that? And do you have any any regrets about that time? Well, the thing that comes to mind with my time with Shaq in Orlando, just amazing. That's the, that's the word because the entire time that I had an opportunity to play with the big fella, uh, it was magical, man. Really, no pun intended. It was just, it was amazing. It was a great run. Everywhere we went, the arenas were packed. Uh, we were both playing at high levels from the guard position and from the center position. And uh, it's just unfortunate 
that we didn't stay together. And that's the only thing that I really I really uh, regret, that we did not all stay together in Orlando. Again, NBA legend Penny Hardaway joining us back in May here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We move now to June, and we had a chance, as a matter of fact, and we've had a chance the last couple of years to catch up with the Indy 500 winner. And, of course, the Indy 500 taking place towards the latter part of May. And this year's Indy winner was Will Power. And Will Power joined us to start the month of June right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Yeah, it was uh, just a bit of everything. I mean, I just, it was like it's hard to explain. It was just so overwhelming. Uh you know, even with a lap to go, I started screaming in my helmet. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like I just couldn't believe it was, was going to happen because I'd tried for so long and I'd won a lot of races and I'd won a championship. And um, the 500 um, just kept, seemed to elude me. So, yeah, just a relief, happiness, uh, everything. Yeah, no question. You know, I, I, I watched about the last 36 laps of the race and so forth. So I, I don't remember, it may have been the last, it was within 10 laps remaining in the race. I don't remember, but you were third at the time in the two, uh, two cars ahead of you pitted. Um, yeah. were you, were you surprised? Yeah, and I was, and you were, you were there. I'm like, I'm, I'm I don't know if they're going to be able to get back. I don't, I don't follow it that much, but I didn't think they were going to be able to get back and catch you. You know, your, your thoughts, what went through your mind when that happened? Well, um, yeah, we were, we knew that they were a little on field, so you know, they took a big gamble on strategy because they they were kind of nowhere in the field. Um, so they, they, you know, rightly so, they thought they'd try a real ultimate strategy, and uh, they just they didn't get the yellow. And um, you know, when they pulled in, I, it it wasn't it was just fantastic, obviously, because you know, it was two guys I didn't have to fight with, for, you know, till the end. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like the gates open. Indy 500 winner, Will Power. Also joining us in June here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Carolina Hurricanes named one of their 2006 Stanley Cup winners as their new head coach. Rod Brindamore joined us back in June right here on Box to Row. Rod, was it a natural progression uh, for you uh, as great a player as you were to ultimately become a, uh, a head coach? Well, I think so. Um, I think the way I played, too, I was pretty studious of the game and, and really looked at it from, I guess, maybe a coaching's perspective a lot when I played. And I think, obviously, the last eight years, seven of which I've been an assistant coach and just kind of taking it all in from, really, I, I was a part of three head coaches' staffs and just kind of, in the back room here, just kind of watching how they do things and learning, really. I, I think as a player, when you play a long time, you kind of think you know everything. Um, but when you come on this side of the fence and, and you see that there's a whole new game back here in, in coaching and just how you have to present things. And um, I, like I said, I've had a pretty good education here these last seven years, and I feel like uh, now's the time to give it a shot. Sure. Now, you mentioned this team, of course, being a, a young team. What is this team missing, or what does it need to get to that next level? Well, <laughs> well, I think we're we're close, like you said, but that that's not going to get it. We need to get tougher to play against, and so whatever you think that is, I mean, do we need to have bigger, stronger, faster guys? Sure, we'll take that. But I think mentally tougher. We want teams to have a tough game against us and make it hard for them to play. And and I mean, that's my job to make sure we we get the guys the most out of whoever we get. Um, you know, management's going to give me the players to to, to use, and and then uh, you know if we can just play hard every night and be consistent, I mean that's what we need. And uh, we have talent. We have some high level, you know, young talent, which will just continue to get better and better the more confident they get. And then we got to fill it in with you know the other pieces um, to, to be tough to play against. I mean that's really what I want to have. Uh, if we can accomplish that, would be great. And then we need our goalies to be good. I mean, they can't be below average. If they're that, then I don't think anybody would have a chance in this league. The Hurricanes not playing bad. They started off the season pretty well. And as of the taping of this show, if the season were to end today, they would be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Continuing with the month of June, we had 
a now pro football hall of famer robert brazil joined us here on from the press box to press row and talked about what it meant for him to finally be inducted into the pro football hall of fame you know it's finally the soak, soaked in a little bit um since february when i got the knock on the door from dave baker man um to be recognized finally as one of the best is something that you worked so hard and over the years. Man, it's an ultimate feeling. The only way that you can feel this is to put on these Adidas tennis shoes, size 14, and walk around being me all day. I can't <laughs> tell you how good this feels. This is the most ultimate thing that every ball player should once feel. I mean, I mean, if you play ball, you need to have this feeling that I have right now. Robert Brazil joins us here on the program. Take us back. Robert, if you don't mind, to those days uh, at Jackson State. As a matter of fact, I was watching uh, uh, a, a documentary um, on Walter Payton the other day, and you guys obviously played together at Jackson State, were part of that same draft class. You ultimately became the Rookie of the Year in 1975 in the National Football League. But what were those days at Jackson State? Some great football, some great talent. What do you remember most about those days? What I most remember about it is the uh, the leadership that we had. We had great coaches with Bob Hill, W.C. Guard, and the coaching staff that we had. We had great fan support. We had a great class. We had a great team. And we played as a team. We worked as a team. We won and we lost as a team. And we embraced each other. You know, I could never and I will always be in debt to the Peyton family because of what they did for Jackson State and for Rob Brazil and his family. Walter, we did not have internet. We did not have, you know, the idea where you can just pick up a telephone and read about this and get these stats. Walter bought the scouts and the NFL to Jackson State. And in turn, they found out that, wow, it's other great ball players on this team. You got to think just off of that 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 team that Walter and myself was on, you got John Tate, um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Rodney Phillips, Walter's brother, Eddie, Ricky Young, John Tate, Roscoe Wood, uh, James Marshall. All these guys, man, got a chance to go to the NFL and play. Leon Gray, one of the greatest of all time. You know, so that's what I mostly remember, how that brotherhood helped each, helping each other out, man. HBCU great and now Pro Football Hall of Famer Robert Brazil. Lastly, in the month of June, we had a chance to catch up with an R&B singer who was very hot back in the 90s, still doing her thing, Tamia, joined us here back in June on From the Press Box to Press Row. It's been 15 years since the announcement uh, of, of, of MS for you or you having MS. What you know, can, can you kind of talk about actually sharing that at that time and then where you are now health-wise? Right. Well, you know, I'm glad to say health-wise I'm doing very well. Um, have not really had any issues with that. And, um, you know, I think for me it was important at that time to share what I was going through because with MS, you know, a lot of people, it's not something that people can see. So it isn't something that you may look at me and say, wow, she feels terrible today. Um, but um, it's it's one of those things that you are sort of physically going through and, and mentally as well. And um, um, I just thought it was important to share it. And still now um, I get people who tell me for the first time, you know, before they tell anyone else that they they are also dealing with MS as well. And it is sort of, you know, a lot of people's private journey, but I felt like it was important for me to share to share my and that, you know, um, to, you know, sort of, I guess, inspire or, you know, they've certainly, people with MS have inspired me throughout the years as well. So it's been, um, it's been an amazing um, opportunity um, to share my story with people and to also have them share their story with me as well. Tamia, joining us back in June here on Box to Row. It's our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for listening to us each and every week right here on Sirius XM channels 141 
and 142. Still to come here on our year-end review show, our last segment, you're going to hear NASCAR drivers Eric Amarola and Bubba Wallace. You'll hear from Howard quarterback Kalen Newton. You'll also hear from NASCAR driver Denny Hamlin, NBA star John Wall. You're also going to hear from Indianapolis rookie Darius Leonard, the former South Carolina State star and two-time Boxtero Willie Davis, Defensive Player of the Year, getting it done, and many more as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. You know what it is. This is the one and only Tigo Double G or AKA Soup Lion. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Eve here. Hey, what up? It's your man Nelly. Yo, what's good? This is your boy Big Daddy Kane for those that can spell the B-I-G-D-A-W-B-Y-K-A-N-E. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Faith Evans, and I'm hanging out with my man Donald Ware on From the Press Box to Press Row, baby. The best and brightest of the sports world are with us every week from the press box to press row. But don't take our word for it. Sit back and enjoy more of our look on the air with Donald Ware. Back here on From the Press Box to Press Row, our year-end review show. And uh, we're going to jump now to August. And, you know, NASCAR, we had a lot of NASCAR drivers on the program this year. Bubba Wallace Joined us in August here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And uh, Bubba's the only black driver on the Monster Energy Cup Series. And I had a chance to take him back to 2013 and asked him what it meant to win a race. As a matter of fact, he was the first black driver to win a race since 1963 when the legendary Wendell Scott was able to win a NASCAR race. Uh, I meant a lot. I was able to, uh, I think, <clears throat> really solidify my name into the sport. Uh, obviously, getting the first win um, and and being able to do that in, in at Martinsville and in the backyard of Wendell Scott, and so the history that came along with that was pretty special. Um, because right after that, we followed it up the next year with four wins and had our best year yet. So. Um, but that win will always be, you know, top of the list just because that's your first one in the sport. Bubba Wallace joining us in August here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Howard quarterback Kalen Newton also joined us in August here on From the Press Box to Press Row. It was an outstanding conversation. Um, this is a very thoughtful young man, and I had a chance to ask him about his father, uh, Cecil Newton Sr., and what his father meant to him. Oh, man, my pops. And I see my pops as, you know, the ideal father figure, um, being there for me, being tough on me, whatever every every male figure needs, you know, a father figure, if not their biological father, but a coach or a teacher or somebody that they can look up to that's doing it the right way. I never seen my dad lay, lay his hand on my mom. I never, you know, seen him uh, pick up a bottle of liquor smoke any weed, smoke a cigarette, none of that. He was just the ideal father, being a pastor, a bishop, actually, of five churches. So, I mean, I was basically the only, the only child because Cam was 10 years older. My oldest brother was 13 years older. And I was in a house with my grandmother, my mom, and my dad. And they all did a great job, you know, because I have an old soul. You know, my father was there for me. And he always made it known that some kids, you know, don't have a father. And I, I had to respect it, even though there were times I was getting yelled at, you know, my dad been giving me the tough love where it was hard to see at a young age. But as an adult or young adult, I, I see it now, and my dad means the world to me. Kaylin Newton had another good year on his way to being named the MEAC Offensive Player of the Year. Staying in the month of August and five-time NBA All-Star John Wall of the Washington Wizards joined us on the program but one of the things i found more fascinating that he is a big fan of art and talked about it with us here on box to row well i just really started I mean, I have a, my agent my agent and them is real big on art so i just like uh i like pictures and drawings and stuff i wish i could draw but i can't I'm terrible <laughs> so for real that kid i wish i could draw that's something i wish i could do in my own 
spare time. You know, I used to be chilling, not doing too much. I wish I could draw, but I can't. But um, I just started getting pieces, and then I got guys that make pieces for me. John Wall, as he joined us also here on Botch to Row back in August. Also joining us in August. I mean, August was a very busy month here on Botch to Row. And Amir Hall, the quarterback for Bowie State, joined us on the program. And I asked him, what did he think 2018 would be like? Or more specifically, how did he think he and his team could improve for the 2018 season, coming off a big 2017, by the way. Um, I think as many ways I can increase my game. Um, really, I've just been focusing on trying to uh, increase my play, and ultimately, um, the guys around me he'll, he'll raise their game as well. So I've been kind of focusing on that, just trying to get the guys around me so we can be even more stronger. So everybody's playing at a high level. Everybody's having a, a 300-yard rush, and everybody's making pancake blocks on the O-line. Everybody at the receiver position is making highlight plays and scoring a lot of touchdowns throughout the course of the game. So that's really just been my goal, man, is just to have uh, everybody around me raise their game. And I know once we get that, we'll, we'll be fine. Bowie State was definitely fine in 2018, winning its first ever CIAA football championship. And as a matter of fact, not only hosting a first-round Division II playoff game, but also winning a first-round Division II playoff game as they were able to beat West Alabama unfortunately fell in the second round to Valdosta State, but what a season. And by the way, uh, Amir Hall, over 4,000 yards passing this year, completed 65% of his passes, 31 touchdowns on the season, and he became the CIAA's all-time leader in passing, all-time leader in passing yards, I believe all-time leader in touchdowns and some other records that also fell And he did it in about 40 games or so, which makes it even more remarkable. I tell you what, Amir Hall uh, had a phenomenal season. Again, the Boxtero Offensive or National Offensive Player of the Year. Let's go back to NASCAR. And Eric Almarola also joined us in August here on Boxtero. And I had a chance to ask him about what the drive, the NASCAR's drive for diversity meant to him, as of course he participated in the drive for diversity. Well, I think that was my opportunity, right? You know, everybody, uh, rather in life or in their career, you know, they, they they need that that break, that one that one chance, that one opportunity, and then at that point, it's up to you to prove yourself and and to make the most of that and and climb the career ladder if you will and 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 that becomes on you but to get that that chance and that opportunity um is something that you know every everybody needs if they're going to be successful and make it to the top and for me the diversity program was that was that break was that opportunity um to be noticed to move from Florida to North Carolina and go start driving race cars for professional race car teams. And at that point, that, you know, that, that propelled me to um, all of the opportunities that followed with, you know, once I got that opportunity, I was, I was blessed and fortunate enough to go out and make the most of it and have success. And that success led to more opportunities and then success at those opportunities led to more opportunities. So, I've just been really blessed and fortunate um, to have, you know, the the, the teams and, and the opportunities um, that I've had. And, you know, without without getting that phone call to go drive for Joe Gibbs Racing and, and joining the diversity program that Joe and Reggie White formed, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be here talking to you driving for Stuart Haas Racing. So I was really grateful for that opportunity. Eric Almarola had a wonderful season, his best finish ever on the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series circuit. He finished in fifth place, had a really good season, did Eric Almarola. Moving on to the month of September on our year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Pressure. Again, we go back to NASCAR. And one of the more popular NASCAR drivers, Denny Hamlin, joined us on the program back in September. And we found out... Uh, through our conversation, that he and I had something in common. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been a Washington Redskins fan. You know, before Joe, I, I grew up in Virginia. I mean, it's a, that's our hometown team. So I've always been a Skins fan. Uh, you know, I like the Hornets. Uh, it's where I live now in Charlotte. Um, so in NBA and, and um, you know, golfers, uh, I, I'm, I like Bubba Watson. I like uh, a few other guys out there. Um, I'm a big uh, Tommy Fleetwood fan. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, just I like uh, the sports in general. It kind of keeps you active, keep, keep, allows you to be competitive outside of racing itself. I didn't know you were a Redskins fan. I'm a huge Redskins fan. So wasn't that a dominating performance by the Skins in the win over the Cardinals? Uh, yeah. Uh, we just, you know, it was against the Cardinals. So <laughs> things that you have to be, uh, you know, apprehensive of going forward. But obviously everything looked good. Defense looked good and everything. NASCAR driver Denny Hamlin, also a Redskins fan, staying in September. And a, a young man that um, very much is in the running for the National Football League Rookie of the Year Award, uh, in the running for a Pro Bowl, in the running really for all pro is Darius Leonard, the former South Carolina State star, two-time boxer Willie Davis defensive player, of the year leads the national football league in tackles by a wide margin. And by the way, he's missed a game or two this season. And I had a chance to catch up with him in September and he gave actually some great advice for the fellas. My all time, man, I really don't do too much. I, I stay at home and watch film or do, do things with my wife. Just kind of just give her the time that she needs when I'm, I'm off. Because when I'm at work, she's home alone. So I want to make sure that I still show her the same affection that I did when it was just us two. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Because you now you proposed to her after the Hampton. I think y'all won that game after the Hampton game, right? Yes, sir. November 11th. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So what what's sort of that life like in, in trying to, I guess, strike a balance between what you do and then, you know, sort of that family life as well? Um, it's, it's easy, man, because, I mean, we both know what what I'm here for, so I can come to work, and she knows that I'm going to do that before anything so I can provide for the family or whatnot, but she knows when it's my day off that I'm I'm um, going to just sit there with her and do all the things that she want, she want to do just to make sure that she's happy, and now that we have a kid on the way that we're, we're just trying to take all the stress out of everything. And as a matter of fact, if the voting is still open right now, vote Darius Leonard to the Pro Bowl. That's about all the time we have for our year-end review 2018 here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, as a programming note, this show is going to repeat. If you want to listen to a new version of From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com and find a radio station in your area that carries the program. 2018 was a phenomenal year. 2019 promises to be an even better year. We want to say very much say thank you to the Howard University Radio Network, uh, of course, Sirius XM Channel 141, HUR Voices, Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU, and, of course, our program also airs on WHUR 96.3 HD2 in Washington. Thank you for carrying from the press box to press row. 2018 is about over. I want you to have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And until 2019, and always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.